Hey, Gabby. Hey, Sophie. We should start a podcast. Oh, my God. We should start a podcast! Welcome back! Hello, everybody. How y'all doing today? Sophie, how you doing? I'm doing good. Before we get started, I want to shout out, um, on my birthday episode, I said that, or you said that people should send me audio clips of them singing happy birthday to me and we had one such person do that uh, <laughs> maddie, maddie. we love you thank you well, we should also say we this is this is a little special episodes these next two episodes because we have a guest on not special content wise no, but no it's just gonna be regular content but we have a guest annika say, tell us a little something about yourself hey guys i'm annika wow there we go <laughs> So Gabby, anything new? Anything new with you? Anything new with me? Um, I am watching Shadowhunters for the first time, the TV show. For the first time? Well, I've seen like the first season. So okay. I'm on like season three now. And <laughs> what a show. I have like nothing good to say about it, except for the fact that it's fucking entertaining as shit. It's just, it's not good. Favorite character? Favorite character? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with, honestly, Magnus. Yeah. Like, he's not as good as he is in the books, but he's still pretty great. I mean, like, Alec and Isabella are up there, too. But Magnus is probably top tier. Okay, but Alec's wedding scene, and then, oh, and then and War then of Hearts plays, in. and then... Oh, yeah. my God. What a show. Anything new with you, Sophie? I started reading Throne of Glass. There we go. Which, which, which I've been telling her to read for, like, years. Yeah. Years. The Dog in Throne of Glass. Yeah. Fleetfoot. 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 Bad name. Bad name. Bad name. I, I agree with you. There's so many better dog names out there. I know. And just Fleetfoot. Like, Selena do be kind of dumb. And, like, oh, she could have named of. it such a better name. Like, it's kind of a bummer that she, like, didn't, I don't know, name it, like, I don't know, Fast Hands. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the one guy at poker. He's just really good at it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's so many, like, cool names in the book. And then just... Fleetfoot. What a bummer. Speaking of bummers, I have one hell of a bumming story for you guys. And I chose it because as of 2022, there's been new information that has been discovered about it. So it's kind of brought it back into the public's eye. But this is the case of the boy in the box. That sounds like a bummer. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So February 25th, 1957 a young man is in the woods in fox chase philadelphia and he is cleaning his like muskrat traps that he's hidden around the forest and as he is going about his merry way he finds a box and when he peeks inside it there is a nude little boy wrapped in a blanket and because he doesn't want his traps taken away by the cops he just leaves it Oh, no. So his original story is that he saw a rabbit running in the area as he's driving by. So he decides to pull over to go and like help this rabbit out because he knows there are traps in the area when he stumbles upon the boy in the box. But what he was actually was doing was going to his spot to peep into the Good Shepherd home, which was a home for wayward girls. Originally, he doesn't want to tell the cops because... He is a peeping Tom, but he confesses to his priest and his priest is like, bro, go to the fucking cops. He didn't go to the cops either? 
not originally, but the, ne the next day after he speaks to his priest, he comes up with this rabbit story and then goes to the cops to explain like what he was doing in that area. So when the police arrive, they find the boy in the box. And this case was such, well, still is, but it was such a mystery for so many years because they couldn't identify him. He is three foot six, weighs about 30 pounds. He has blue eyes and brown curly hair, and he's between the ages of four and six. His hair had been cut short very recently, and it was very badly done. It was like some parts were like right to the scalp, and then other parts were sticking out. He had like tufts of hair. They believe that it was done either right before or after his death because there were still like clumps of hair on his head and on his body and in the box. Um, Do they know the time between the death to discovery? Um, the body could have been out there from three days to two weeks because the weather was so cold. They aren't 100% sure of the timing because, you know, cold weather will... Yeah. I know. What's I the word I'm looking for? Course. Slow the decomposition. Yeah, slow the decomposition. There was like, there's like a word. Uh, anyways. Yeah, because then there's the freeze thaw, which like with bones, it makes the bones like expand and like contract and it causes more breakages, more porous bone. Listen to her. She knows I her think, shit. I don't know. I almost failed that course. <laughs> Mom, stop listening. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. No. You're smart. You got it. It was the exam I almost failed. Okay, but that's valid. Exams are hard. Yeah, it wasn't worth like more than like 35%. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, so the boy is extremely malnourished. Like you can see all of his ribs. He has surgical scars on his ankle and his groin and an L-shaped scar underneath his chin. They also find that under ultraviolet light, the boy's left eye glows like a fluorescent blue which means that there was recent exposure to a diagnostic dye that was used to treat some sort of eye disease. Okay, hold on. So they can't identify him. There's all these like medical markers that he would have gone to medical professionals for. Mm -hmm. What year so is this? This is 1957, Philadelphia. Okay. So, you know, DNA isn't really a thing yet. Yeah. Well, um, well you know. <laughs> DNA is <laughs> a thing, but like it's not something used in crime solving. Do they have solving. They would have had, like, the big, like, computers, right? Did they have computers? It's just the printing press. What years? <laughs> 57. They had, they had computers. Okay. Yeah, because in, like, World War II, they used computers to, like, oh, yeah. do the code thing. So they could have just, like... Shut out Alan Turing. Looked through all the medical records. Um, Most stuff probably still wasn't yeah. uploaded yet, and the internet wasn't a thing. So yeah. it's, like, a lot of Paper. separate... A lot of separate places with separate information. Okay sure <laughs> you know what i mean no the the information isn't compiled there oh, we okay. go yeah. yeah so it's all very spread out kind of amongst each institution but yeah so back back to this boy when he's found his right palm and feet are like kind of wrinkled and pruny suggesting that they had been exposed to water like recently and he'd been left submerged but it's just those spots the coroner finds that he had been beaten to death it is declared that head trauma is the main cause, most likely caused by some sort of blunt instrument. But there is suggestions that the fatal damage had been done by someone squeezing the boy's head, maybe while giving him this like final haircut. And because it's 57, they're like releasing photos of this poor kid. Like you Google it and it immediately pops up as like him in the box. Yeah, go ahead. Google. You can't really see anything in the box, but like yeah, there are photos of this Poor fucking kid. 
want to look at it, but I think oh. that's what we have to do now. So. Oh, okay. I just want to see what his face looked like, and there's like pictures of his face. Oh, yeah, okay. because, well, I'll get to that. You'll see why those photos are like the ones that first pop up. But talking about some of the other stuff, the, the box that he's found in is from JCPenney, and it originally held a baby bassinet from a store in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, still. Oh, no, hold on. Pennsylvania and Philadelphia are different places. Okay. Philadelphia is a city in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a state. So it's all good. So it's like Rome and Italy, but... Oh. Like Philly? Philly is a city. Yeah, no, I. this no, makes sense. Good. I totally knew that. It's just because I think earlier there was like a something... Philadelphia. Yeah, it was Fox so Chase, like, Philadelphia. So I think it was like a suburb of... Yeah. It's it such it a was, big area. It was like the woods, Because it's Penn State, not Philly State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Guys, Annika's from America. Yeah, she's she's our American knowledge person on this on these next two episodes. How many states are there in America? Fifty. <laughs> what was the last state to join America? It's Hawaii. I don't. Is it, the last two are Alaska and Hawaii. Yeah, it's one of those two. I think Hawaii would be last because Alaska would have been a like trade or like a purchase and hawaii was very much like just we're gonna take this bitch murdering over. people and doing like military takeover of like a sovereign kingdom yeah which was weird and then like doing colonization but that was like pretty late in the game for doing that it shit really was much, actually hawaii doesn't really like being considered a state gonna no be, i think that's super valid <laughs> just kind of out there like, like they're like, so incredibly separate. It's like, why don't they just give Alaska to us? Let <laughs> Hawaii be their own thing. You know, like I don't want more polar bears in our country. <laughs> What's wrong with polar bears? You got beef I'll with get them? into that. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Why are you mad at polar bears? They're scary. They're so cute. They're like they the only scary. bears that will like actually hunt humans. Yeah, no, they are. Terrifying, they're just but they're adorable. <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> well, back to the boy in the box, you guys. <laughs> back to this. I'm just, I'm just gonna make a quick note. Um, obviously, our podcast we make a lot of jokes. All of our jokes have nothing to do with this very sad, no, very serious. Of course not. This is just, this just is coping, coping mechanisms. Coping. <laughs> Continue. Sometimes things are so sad, you just gotta find something to laugh about, even if it's about polar bears. <laughs> Anyways, so like I said, the box that they found is from JCPenney. It held a baby bassinet. Is it cardboard? Yeah, it's a cardboard box. Okay. Yeah. And from the store in Upper Darby, there was a dozen that had been sold, and the police end up tracking them all down the boxes and stuff. So it's like, well, where did this bassinet box come from? The woods. <laughs> How could they track it down if it's in the woods? Boom. It just appeared one day in the woods. They found the box. Well, maybe the delivery person dropped it off there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that's the question, right? Because if, if someone's going to, like, kill a child, they're probably going to steal a box. Well, I don't know. It depends how smart the criminal is. But, I mean, like, no usable fingerprints are found on the box yeah, or so. the child. So. The blanket that he's found in is just, like, a cheap cotton flannel. It was worn, so it had been used. And it was very recently washed and mended. And it had been cut in two before it was used to wrap the boy. But, unfortunately, like, thousands of this blanket of these blankets had been made and distributed so it's like there's no way that they can track down this one blanket especially in this day and age on the 26th police take his fingerprints and they release information to the media hoping to identify him 
but all of the information that comes forward is not helpful. They're like, oh, like there's this kid that sounds like this and this kid, but nothing gets traced back to who this boy is. They don't know who he is. Yeah, because he's definitely described as very generic of like Mm -hmm. Caucasian brown hair yeah it's a it's a very generic description and the philadelphia inquirer which is the newspaper prints four hundred thousand flyers describing this boy and they're included with every gas bill in philadelphia so they want this information to get out there trying to like find out who this kid is they're looking at missing persons reports nothing's matching up they're looking at schools like no one's missing with this kid's description so it's all like who is this kid the crime scene is looked at with a fine tooth comb. They get like a bunch of police academy cadets. That's is it cadets? Recruits? Yeah, cadets. There we go. I think it was like over 200 of them to come and like look over this crime scene with a very fine tooth comb. And they find a man's blue corduroy hat and it has a leather strap. It took them to bring in 200 students to find a hat. No, the hat was an easy find. It was apparently, okay. there was like apparently like a path that they could find in the bush that led from the hat to the boy. Okay. But they're like looking for other stuff too. Uh, they also find a boy's scarf, like a child's scarf, not a boy's scarf, child's scarf, and a handkerchief with the letter G sewed into the corner. So the hat they discover, it leads cops to Robin's Eagle Hat and Cap Company in Philadelphia. And it's one of 12 made robins the maker of this hat <laughs> what <laughs> well just one of 12 like that's a small amount so i want to know like what's going on yeah it's, it's a going. very small amount so so <laughs> like a how expensive is this hat uh i i, I don't know i don't <laughs> know about yeah, that is this research. Like a fancy thing or is this just like because old timey they didn't make a bunch i don't think it's crazy fancy i think it's like a little hat company that will sit down and just kind of make hats because, uh, you know, it's Robbins themselves that they're talking to who has made the hats. And they say that it the hat itself hadn't come with the leather strapped. But months later, a blonde man in his late 20s comes in to have it added. And she says that the customer resembles the boy in the box. But they paid in cash. And she doesn't have, like, any address or name or anything linked back to him besides the description and saying that he kind of looked like the boy. The cops end up releasing a photo of this boy to the media. And what they do is they dress him up and they sit him up to recreate what he would have looked like in life. Sophie is making a horrified face well, no, right I now. I guess that's just like, like that's they, like what morticians do. And like, they, okay. and I mean, they used to do like more Victorian era, but they would do oh. like after death photography. So yeah. they'd like get the whole family in. And the idea is that if they make him look what he looked like in life, people might be able to recognize him more. Because as I said, he's, smart. he's badly beaten. He has like bruises and cuts and abrasions all over his face. Um, but again, like just all the information that they find, nothing, nothing is credible. Nothing leads back to who is this boy. Fast forward, 1998. His body's exhumed. Oh, oh, oh no, hold on. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I missed, when was he put in? I missed, no. I missed, yeah, I missed the very part. Okay, so. Can't jump that far. <laughs> he, he's originally buried in a pauper's field in 1988 with a headstone that read, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown boy. Aww. Then, in 1988, they exhume his body and extract DNA from a tooth. They do this a couple of times where they exhume the body and then try to get DNA. Yes, Annika. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, wait. We definitely started in, like, 1954, right? So it took them, like, 1957. over... 1957. Yeah. So it took them... 
like around 30 years to like then actually bury the body? No, 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 no. The, the, okay, he right. was buried, but they, they dug him up. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they, they dug him up Wait, in so 1998. What? He's buried in 1957. Oh, okay. And then they dig him up in 1998 to get the DNA. In 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children released a forensic facial reconstruction of the boy's face because of the condition he was found in. They want a photo of what he would have actually looked like when he was alive. And again, nothing comes of this. And then in 2019, he's exhumed once more for new DNA samples. Because, you know, as time goes on, technology advances, you can get DNA from new things, yada yada. Finally, November 3rd, 2022, Philadelphia Police Department say that they have identified the child. That was less than a year ago. Less than a year ago through genetic testing and investigative genetic genealogy. Who is the boy? Who is the boy? December 8th, 2022, they release his name to the public. He is four-year-old Joseph Augustus Sorelli, born January 13th, 1953. And they actually uncovered his identity in October 2021 but it took them basically a year to release the information to the public. I'm assuming they kept it quiet, so they were hoping they could find information out, but clearly got nowhere, hence why. The information became public and they asked, you know, the public's help. But what happened was that a cousin had uploaded DNA to a public database and it gets linked. So like uh, 23andMe or whatever. And it's the same way that they found the Golden State Killer. It was like a relative put his DNA in and then it just all got tracked. They take this relative's mom's dna so that they can get like a better match and tracks it to his parents who are augustus john zarelli and mary elizabeth plunkett i like that last name right plunkett. right that's what i was thinking when i was writing it i was like that's a good last name at the time of his birth elizabeth was 21 and augustus was 26. it says that they didn't have like a formal relationship so i don't know one night stand or just like a quick fling something like that and the Zarelli family attorney says that the family had no clue about this child. And there are some theories that say Betsy gave the boy up for adoption, but they don't really know. Betsy's family has come forward to be like, she would never harm like any child. And the same thing has been said from the Zarelli family. So that does seem to be kind of the best theory. But I, I want to I wanna get into some of the theories from before he was identified, because there were like three really big ones. Hold on. Yeah. So no one's worried about who killed the boy? Oh, no, no, no. This is oh. this is still an active, open investigation. So they have been investigating, like, possible yeah. suspects. Yes. So okay. I read one article where, like, the spokesperson for the Philadelphia Police Department was quoted as saying, like, we have a couple of suspects in mind that we're, like, looking into. So this is very much still an active murder investigation. But I just wanted to talk about some of the theories from before he was identified because... It was such a long period of time and this case was huge and there were so many people who got involved and like were trying to figure out who this boy was. The first theory is that he was from a nearby foster home. So Remington Bristow, he's an employee who works at the medical examiner's office. It's the office where the boy is brought, right? So he is very aware of the case, has seen this child, knows what happens. And he ends up contacting a psychic to help him, like, lead him to where the murderer lives, pretty much. And the psychic leads him to a foster home. The cops are like, no, this isn't it. They, they of course, investigate, right? But they find that all of the children who are in the foster care home, who are reported to have been in the foster care home, are, like, accounted for. 
and they, they don't really find any information. But Remington refuses to let it go. He investigates on his own. At one point, goes to like a garage sale they hold, and he finds a bassinet like the one the box is from and blankets that look like the one the boy is wrapped in. He believes that the child belonged to the man who ran the home and his stepdaughter and that they kept the boy hidden so that no one would know about their relationship and he accidentally died and the man just disposed of the body. Interesting note, the stepdaughter and father later marry, but a DNA test is done and there's no match. So it is later confirmed that it is not them. The second theory is a woman who is only known as Martha or M. And in 2002, she comes forward and accuses her mother of buying the child from his birth parents. And she says that she had him for two and a half years, roughly, and that she would assault him physically and sexually. And one night she was giving the boy a bath and he threw up baked beans, which was very intriguing because when the boy was found, his last meal had been baked beans, like they found baked beans in his stomach. But this theory is later disproven. Neighbors come forward, neighbors and like family friends who had been in the house during this period come forward and say like, there was no boy, like we never saw anything. This isn't like their mother. There's also the fact that Martha apparently has a history of mental illnesses. So it's like, maybe that comes into play there. But once again, it's disproven. And the final theory that I found the most of was somebody proposes that the boy had been raised as a girl because they found a couple of long strands on the body. Eventually, two writers, Jim Hoffman and Louis Romano, believe that they figured out who the boy was. They say that they found this man in Texas and they're like, this is the guy who is like his father and he killed the boy. But again, DNA testing is done and there's no relation. So again, the theory is disproven. But at the end of the day, they still don't know what happened. At this point, both of his parents are dead, but there are living half-siblings. But, you know, who, who can say that they even knew that they had another brother, right? Because where does this child exist in any way? Which is bizarre because he had clearly had medical like a lot of procedures yeah. done. Yeah, there was like, um, I think the groin was like a hernia procedure. Um, and then there was also surgical scars on one of his ankles. And again, the, the dyes in his eye, like clearly this kid had someone who looked after him and cared for him. What happened? So as I said, he was originally buried just in a potter's field. But in 1988, he's reburied at Ivy Hill Cemetery in Cedarbrook, Philadelphia. The cemetery donated the plot and the funeral and the headstone and everything is paid for by the son of the man who originally buried the boy and they give him a new headstone and it says America's unknown child followed by what the original headstone said heavenly bless this unknown boy finally on January 13th 2023 a new memorial with his name and image is finally added to the headstone so now it is gone from who is this boy where did he come from you know what happened to him to who killed Joseph Augustus Sorelli and that's the story of the boy in the box I want answers. It's fucking so infuriating. Did nothing come of the handkerchief with a G on it? It was literally like mentioned in each article, but it was that that was it. It was mentioned. They were like, oh yeah, they found this handkerchief. So it's like, is it even related? Like, was it like a girl's from the school nearby? Was it 
another peeping toms was it just a hunter in the woods was it i don't know some when i've given it to the boy was it the murderer like we don't know there's just so many questions and i really really hope that whoever did this gets fucking put in jail for the rest of their life i don't care how long well, it is that they're dead. yeah i think they're definitely dead. or if they did i hope they if they're dead i hope that they died a very painful death anyways it's a it's it's a really really sad case i remember the first time i heard about it i was like listening to a podcast and i cried i just i cried full on any takes on it annika i think it was clearly whoever was taking care of him it just seems like nobody's able to definitively say that because both of the families of the parents are like no the only thing that confuses me about like if he were put up for adoption is the fact that when they identify him they identify him under this name of like joseph augustus sorelli yeah which would be weird if they like I don't know. Maybe like you do give him like the full name and then put him in foster care. And well, then... it's like apparently the father didn't even know about this kid too, so it's like, well, why does he have his last name? Because when... it's the nineteen fifties. <laughs> but Which, like it's fair. But the mom would have had to like say that like when naming him rather than just like give. But... Yeah, but it's like, well, why didn't? Because isn't that ever come like forward? the father's name? Yeah, Zarelli's the father's name. No, but also the like Joseph the Augustus. Augustus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah the Augustus. Like Augustus is his first it. name. That's what I think is yeah. crazy. But yeah, sorry, sorry for the bummer, you guys. <laughs> Annika, you picked a bad week to, <laughs> yeah, to guess. Yeah, no, but okay, so the kid ends up in foster system, orphanage, whatever mm-hmm. the vibe is. It seems like we identified that place. They found things that indicate a similarity there. But again, clearly just whoever was taking care of him because somebody did recognize him and mm-hmm. just didn't, didn't say, say anything. anything. And it's like, I think it is a very likely theory that Elizabeth did put him up for adoption or like, you know, maybe even just like sold him to a family who like promised to take care of him. Cause do we know if they're religious? Cause I feel like having a child like out of wedlock. Oh, yeah. big no, no in the fifties. Like yeah. It's the fifties. The Zarelli sounds kind of Italian. So, I'm going to make some assumptions there. <laughs> yeah. But again, because the 50s. Um, in like, what's Philly. your take? Yeah, take on Philly. Yeah. You have history. <laughs> America. America. Well, I mean, as far as history is concerned, Philadelphia is a big place because that is one of the like OG, you know? Yeah. Um, but as far as Philly goes, like, yes, it's a major U.S. city, but it's like. Kind of a like trashy, sketchy major U.S. city, but it wasn't like, always. It wasn't always, but I think there's like a reason it got like it's so Irish. I mean, like think about like the show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Ugh. Like that's Philly. Love that show. And that's just you have a lot of that, and I mean you see that in those kind of pockets of like early major cities in the U.S. That like two really big groups of immigrants were mm-hmm. Italians. That was a lot of like early gang issues between those i don't know there's just there's just so many unanswered questions and i want to know the answers to all of them well thank you for that bummer of an episode gabby you're welcome i just love to just bring the vibe down (laughs) i'm depressed you're gonna be depressed too bitches (laughs) well at the end of the day thank you guys for listening uh we just want to say rate review subscribe (laughs) what that's so like like we just want to say that you should rate, review, and subscribe. We just want to say thanks for listening. 
if you want to rate, review, subscribe. If you'd like to, we we aren't. I'm not. I'm not demanding it of you. But like, I would totally love it if if you would. And stay tuned for the next episode about the history of Barbie. <laughs> Bye. Bye.